Ramondre Stevenson, two receptions on prize picks. What are we doing here? We absolutely nailed Tony Pollard yesterday, 34 and a half rushing yards. He basically got that in one carry. The analysis, it never happens where I'm like, this is what's going to happen. And then it happens. But yesterday it did. We hit that. We hit Saquon over three receptions. We're fucking on fire right now on prize picks. All right. And this has got to be the easiest fucking plug of all time. Stevenson, two receptions tonight. I get it. Damian Harris has been practicing in full. He's bike. But if we've seen anything from Roger Stevenson over the last two weeks is that he deserves to catch every single pass and 15-plus carries out of the backfield. Chicago Bears' defense is atrocious. And Stevenson, listen, this is it's a push if you hit two receptions, all right? So you don't even lose. That's the beautiful part about it. This is about as safe as they come. Also, David Montgomery's reception line is at two, so I think you could probably hit both of those. But right now, this is the best play that you're going to find on – prize picks for monday night football all right it's your first time on there go smack it use promo code bdge and they're gonna 100 deposit match anything that you put down all right let me get that off the screen and let's talk let's talk week seven because it's uh it was a shitty week can i zoom in on this a little bit more oh we can that's why it looked a little weird it was a little punched out we had the widescreen fish angle lens you know what most people don't realize that when you get a camera, like the lens is so much more important than the actual camera. The lenses are what makes the magic. You know, we can go like this and fucking woo, or we can go like this and zoom in. And I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. It's Monday morning. Let's talk some football. We're going to go game by game. The biggest takeaways from each game. This week's overall theme is just an absolute bloodbath. We have, we have a lot of really good players going down with significant injuries ankles were taken knees were snapped ligaments were stretched to the point of unstretchability and um and it's not good it's not good for a lot of fantasy teams it's not good for mental health it's not good for self-esteem we should uh, realistically we should all probably just stop playing fantasy football we'd probably be a lot more the the whole mental health crisis i feel like right now a lot of it is largely in part due to fantasy football we're not here to talk about mental health because I might start crying on stream, but I might start crying when we get to the Jets because Brees Hall's out for a significant period of time with his ACL tear. <sighs> Let's get into the games, people. How are we? How are we on this Monday morning? Big dogs in the house. Har, har, har. Jerry Judy with Brett Ripien. Absolutely not. Sup. Sup, Yonstein. Edwin Pratt, the goat. Look at that fucking beard. That's strong, dog. Yankees stink. It doesn't fucking matter because the Knicks are bite. How we doing? Feeling sexy, toe sucker? But that is an outrageous um, profile picture. How did you do that? I actually was negotiating with someone in my Instagram DMs yesterday for feet pics. Someone wanted them bad. They wanted them with my socks on. And um, and I would do it. I'll I'll give. Sock picks or feet picks. I don't really care. It's just like side income. But he's only offering 15 bucks. And I'm like, listen, maybe you can get 15 bucks per toe. That's what I'm about. Anyone's willing to pay 15 bucks per toe? I'll rip them out. I'll, I'll give you a whole goddamn photo shoot. Video, boomerangs, be reels with my face in the back too. We out here. All right. I forgot we got to talk about football. Let's do it. Let's get this bread. I think I'm going to put myself down here. Or did we try that before? I don't remember. You can fuck with it. Whatever. Um, 
Let's start with the Falcons and the Bengals. Not a great showing from the homie. No, no, no. Don't be throwing up, Brees. Oh, you're just saying for the format. I get it. Yeah, you can mess around with it a little bit. Falcons, Bengals. Uh, biggest takeaway from the Falcons side is that everybody stinks, man. Everyone on that team stinks. I, I actually don't really think Pitts is startable at this point. Uh, I think there are probably like 13 to 14 tight ends I would start on a weekly basis over him, which is just an asinine thing to say, but that's what it is. Hopefully Desmond Ritter gets in there soon. I'd like to see a little bit of spice in this offense. I do think there's a chance that if that happens, it ends up being like just a worse version of whatever this offense is right now. I think Ritter and Mariota are actually kind of similar players. Ritter might be maybe a little bit less accurate throwing the ball, but I mean, they're not letting Mario throw the ball more than 13 times. So uh, Algier, yeah, listen, this was like his typical game. He got into the end zone though. So you might be like, oh, he's the guy now, but like, this is what he's been doing every single week. Um, it's not a lot to take away from the Falcons. On the flip side, like I said, I, this was just a, a, an out of control game from Joey B. This is why you stack guys on this team in, in dynasty and you never, ever, ever trade the Burrow Jamar Chase stack. 481 and three touchdowns. Uh, Mixon kind of has a shit day on the ground, but does get into the end zone again. Uh, Tyler Boyd goes crazy. Jamar Chase goes crazy. Eight for 155 and a tug for Boyd. Eight for 130 and two touchdowns for Jamar Chase. Even Higgins was bike out there eating a little bit. Five for 93. I still think Higgins is probably a little bit hampered by the ankle, but once he gets fully bike out it, um, we're looking at some of those stat lines for that guy. So again, I still think T. Higgins is probably one of the better by lows in planet earth right now uh they play the browns on halloween night that's pretty fucking epic and then they get the panthers and then the steelers so we have uh three games in a row where we could see this pass offense really go crazy so i think boyd is pretty much in every week uh flex play right because he's having these big games he's, he's had a couple big plays this year um is he legit i don't know if i go as far as saying legit i think we know what he is he's just attached to joe burrow so there are going to be games where he goes four for 35 but there are going to be games where he goes six for 110 in a touchdown so boyd i think is a flex starter for sure and then obviously chasing higgins you get in there every single week let me uh rip these games out so we can just go tab by tab i'm not the only one how was y'all sunday what'd you do we went out to Hoboken for a promotion with uh, with Mojo. You'll see some some Mojo graphs as we go, go through this video. Um, they are live in New Jersey. I would highly suggest you go download the app because they're running a big promo right now that I'm actually, I don't think I'm even legally allowed to talk about. So we'll not do that. But it was fun. We went out to Hoboken, ran up a bar at Texas, Arizona, ran, ran up a bar tab, drank like 42 different liquors. This is why I can't, I can't go to Hoboken, bro. This is why I can't go to Hoboken because it's all like 22-year-olds and we go there and I'm forced to take like fucking Jaeger bombs, man. I used to actually live off Jaeger bombs. Eight pizza, drank coffee, shit my pants and watch football. That sounds like, I feel like if if uh, if we had like an AI generated comment from my audience, that's what most people in this live stream right now would say their Sunday tip like went. All right, Detroit, Sean O'Rourke, uh, guys, hold hold the um, hold any payment chats. What are these called? Super chats for right now? Because I got to focus on going game by game here. I don't want to be throwing off random uh, side questions. So I try to keep those in the fucking gutter. But yeah, guys, don't spend your money on me. I'm not worth it. I promise. I promise. You could put that one back up because I already went in on it. But I'll answer. Would you drop Juju, Ayuk, or Thielen? Uh I would not drop – I don't really want to drop any of those guys. I think they're all, like, really solid flex filling bye week guys. If I had to drop one of them, I would definitely keep Juju. Um, 
Thielen's coming off the bye now. They get a pretty good game against Arizona, so I kind of like that. Ayuk is going to be hit or miss, but I think Ayuk probably has a has a better ceiling on a weekly basis than uh, Adam Thielen does. So I would probably keep Juju and Ayuk there. All right, Lions and the Cowboys. This one kind of played out how I think a lot of us thought it would. Um, Cowboys kind of just dominating on the ground, time of possession, game script, rush for 139 yards. Pollard and Zeke both uh, both eight. So uh, I don't I don't see any big takeaways here. Dak first game back again. I never didn't really think they were going to let him rip. So he throws the ball 25 times, but 8.3 yards per attempt is good. Threw a touchdown, um, got sacked twice, but good to see him out there and getting through a, a game fully healthy. So, you know, nothing crazy from Dallas. I do think Zeke maybe tweaked his knee. I think he took like a helmet to the knee, so it's probably a bruise and, and nothing super significant. On the flip side, though, Swift was a surprise inactive. Amon Ra left with a concussion. So typically what we're seeing this year, again, you know, I've talked about this a little bit in my previous streams, but when a player suffers a concussion this year because they changed the rules a bit, there's a much higher likelihood that he actually misses the following game as well. So there's a chance that you are without Amon Ra St. Brown if that is the case. We are looking at dudes like Josh Reynolds, despite the bad day. Maybe DJ Chark is back. But we started to look at these side pieces because they're looking kind of good. All right, Just like in the real world, they're useful when you need them. And anytime these big players like Swift and Amon Ra, St. Brown miss time, these backups end up eating with Detroit. So obviously this is a really tough game for the, the Lions offense overall because the Cowboys defense is stifling. But they play the Dolphins next week and the Packers and the Bears. Um, so it's not a super tough um, mix of games after that. But expect better things ahead, even though the Lions team is kind of just being exposed for who they are now. Colts and Titans. Biggest takeaway from the Colts side. Jonathan Taylor comes back but does not have a big game. Um, we're starting to see, and this is what we talked about in last week's stream, where Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times. They're running like a hurry-up offense now. So their offense is kind of changed a little bit i'm not actually sure what they're trying to hide maybe their poor offensive line play but they are running hurry up uh matt ryan threw the ball 44 times in this one paris campbell another big game so he'll be a guy i'm keeping an eye on in the waiver wire this week he's a guy that i have a ton of stocking on in best ball 10 for 70 and touchdown coming off you know a second strong performance here a disappointing day for michael Pittman, but he still gets nine targets in two wide receiver sets it's actually campbell and Pittman, um and that has been the case pretty much all year so Alec Pierce is kind of being relegated to like a deep threat guy, and they're not taking a lot of shots downfield. It's a very quick offense. You see Naeem Hines first game back. He catches five balls, five catches, 41 yards. So it's like um, a lot of this stuff is just very underneath. You know, you see these three top pass catchers. None of them average over 10 yards a catch. Campbell at seven, Pittman at 9.7, Naeem Hines at 8.2. So it's like you kind of see what their offense is doing. It's not, you know, it ain't great. Um so Pittman, I mean, listen, you're still starting Jonathan Taylor every week. You're still starting Pittman, but uh, we're just not seeing the ceiling that we had kind of hoped for because this Colts offense is just detrimental. Um, but yeah, Campbell is definitely a target for me on the waiver wire this week. There's not a lot of great waiver wire targets, me just looking at it early on right now. Uh, I will have the waiver wire rankings up on the site by tomorrow on bdge.co. If you're a big dog member, we drop the waiver wire rankings weekly. On the Titans side of things, uh, nothing really to take away here. Tannehill did get hurt for a sec. He did return, so I don't think it's anything serious. But if, uh, if something like swells up afterwards, you know, and he has to miss time or something, Malik Willis will obviously be a fantasy quarterback because he uses his legs. Derek Henry, 30 for 128. You love to see it. 
Um, other than that, nothing in the passing game, man. I don't think anyone is startable. I picked up Traylon Burks in a couple leagues because you can throw him onto the IR spot, and he will be back, but I'm not, like, holding out hope that he's going to be anything crazy. He could be a second half of the year breakout, though. So if you got an empty IR spot and you didn't use it on, you know, Hollywood or Jameson or whatever, Traylon Burks, I think, is a pretty good candidate for that. Packers, Commanders. I don't even know what the fuck to say about the Packers, man. I really don't even know. Um, is A.J. Dillon droppable? We got a question before the games about this, and I said I'd hold on to him, man. He just feels like someone that his value can just skyrocket in a matter of seconds if something were to happen to Aaron Jones. But team is crumbling. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is basically unstartable uh, at quarterback. I think his best finish still to this this week is like QB 13 or 14. Um, Alan Lazard has been really consistent, but I believe he got banged up in this one too. Um, let me pull up what I've seen. Alan Lazard's shoulder. Um, I don't know if it's serious. I don't think it's considered to be too serious, but if he misses time, Sammy Watkins came back from the IR. Uh, Robert Tunyon probably becomes a little bit more of like a red zone threat, I guess. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is really uh, just absolutely falling off a fucking cliff. So the only like real startable players in this offense right now are Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard. Jones gets 10 targets, nine for 53 and two touchdowns. So that was good to see on the other side of the ball. Everything that Taylor Heineke does is like not good to see. I guess he, you know, he came away with the win through two touchdowns, but he is just not, he's just not a good quarterback at all. He's he, he, he unlocked a little bit of Terry, which was kind of nice to see, but he, all he did was lock Terry up last year. He literally just put a key into Terry's heart and then twisted it to the right and was like, I'm going to make sure you don't do a fucking single thing in fantasy football. Uh, they did connect on the big the big touchdown throw, so Terry kind of had a mini breakout game this year. I still don't think really anyone is trustable. Um, if Jahan Dotson's out again, I guess, if he continues to miss time, the target funnels continue to go to Terry and Curtis Samuel, so you could start them as like wide receiver threes um, with a little bit of upside, but it was good to see Brian Robinson again get all the workload here, 20 for 73, nothing impressive. Um, I wish they would use him a little bit more in the passing game because he was a really good pass catcher in college. Uh, but it, it's a little bit of a committee. I still think Robinson is extremely playable given that, you know, he's been getting 20 plus touches on a weekly basis. But this this offense does not provide a ton of uh, a ton of upside here. Gibson, I mean, I, I flexed him in one one of my leagues, I think, because I kind of had to and ended up with a big game because he caught a touchdown. But his usage is just so unpredictable on a week-to-week basis. Curtis Samuel getting five carries here. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not great out there in Washington, but it's even worse for Green Bay. Buccaneers-Panthers, I don't even know where to begin with this one. I don't even know where the fuck to start. This is crazy. 21-3, to the Panthers win. They just needed to let Deonta Foreman rip. Let Deonta deliver what a crazy fucking week i didn't even watch this game i just saw the score last night and then i went back and started looking into it brady was bad lenny was bad mike evans 15 fucking targets chris godwin 13 13 targets can only muster 43 yards Russell Gage, I believe, pulled a hammy. Um, he got hurt a little bit, but this is what I think we're going to see going forward basically every week is Evans and Chris Godwin combined for 25 targets. So, again, you know, I'm not worried about them. If you have them, you start them every week. I'm a little bit worried about just the Bucks' offense overall. They're 3-4 and four now, losing to teams like the Carolina Panthers. Um, I always think that Brady will get his shit together and get his team together, but they've got a pretty tough slate of games here. They got the Ravens next week. I guess that's not that tough, but they got the Rams after that. So hopefully they can get it together, but at this point, yeah, I mean, you're starting those two every week. 
I, I'm probably leaving Fournette in my lineup every week too, even though it was a little bit of a split here, eight to six in terms of carries for him and Rashad White. Uh, Lenny sees three targets. Rashad White sees two targets. It just wasn't a, a game that anyone was really uh, producing here in Tampa Bay. I don't really know what to say. Carolina, um, Chuba Hubbard was the guy for the first half, and he was getting a lot of the touches early on. He did end up leaving with uh, a minor ankle injury. I don't think he's going to miss significant time, but Yonta Foreman was really good. I think I, when I made the video talking about C-Mac getting traded and I was like, hey, listen, you know, um, it, there's not much to like in the backfield. And I was like, if you're going to choose one, I like Deonta Foreman. I should have been more vocal about that because I feel like Deonta Foreman was actually significantly like a really good player last year in Tennessee when Derrick Henry went down. And I feel like this kind of game, not 15 for 118, obviously, but like in general, Foreman's a pretty good fucking running back. And I feel like, um, I feel like he'll be startable going forward, even in a terrible Carolina Panthers offense. I don't want Chuba. I don't think Chuba's a good player. Like straight up, I just don't think he's a good NFL running back. And I think that'll play itself out really quickly. Um, I, I do like Deontay Foreman a lot, though. So if you're hurting that running back, I think he's fine. DJ Moore was actually a dude. I mean, it's it's nearly impossible to actually like this dude right now in fantasy. But he was a dude that I moved up in my fantasy rankings significantly before kickoff because everybody was gone. Like Robbie Anderson is gone, obviously. Christian McCaffrey's gone now. Like who else is going to get targets here? And you see 10 targets. He almost equaled the number of targets that every other player on the team had. Terrace Marshall, three. Chuba, three. Tommy Tremble, one. Yada Foreman, two. LaVisca, one. Ian Thomas, one. So, you know, it's it's not a good quarterback. It's not a good offense. It's not a good team. But there's nobody else to throw the ball to. So I think Moore has uh, kind of earned a spot back into fantasy starting lineups as a uh, as a flex play. You know, it's going to get bad again, I'm sure. We shouldn't expect consistency, but we should expect consistent targets there. Giants, Jags, the G-Men, 6-1. and one. Unbelievable. Saquon, 24 for 110. DJ goes 11 for 107 on the ground and a score. I think the biggest takeaway here is uh, Wondell Robinson, again, leads the team in targets. Eight targets, six catches, 50 yards. Doesn't get in the end zone, so it's kind of a boring day. But in PPR, you're getting 11 points there. So I think Wondell Robinson is a guy that, again, if he's still sitting there on your waiver wire, he is someone that you target. I think it should be said uh, they actually walked away with a few injuries in this one. So Dan Daniel Bellinger got absolutely captain insane-o'd, and he was bleeding all over the place. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously it was significant, but I don't know if it's like missing football time significant. So he's a dude that uh, keep an eye on if you were streaming tight ends there. He got, you know, scratching the fucking eye and had to be taken off uh they lost two linemen in this game as well their first round pick evan neal i think is going to be out like two to four weeks and then i can't remember the other dude but obviously you know you, you don't want that shit happening so i am pessimistic about um the next couple games with their offensive line banged up but they oh man look at this fucking slate of games they get seattle houston detroit imagine the giants are nine and one going into fucking week 10 11 they got a bye week they got seattle by houston detroit that's and then they get washington two out of the next four games the colt like this is an insane schedule you think i think the super bowl might go through new york football either the g-men or the jets what do you mean? Don't make me hop in, Ike. What do you mean? I'm just saying they're six and one. They lost some of their linemen. They're probably six and six entering week 13. Jacksonville, biggest takeaway here. Uh, James Robinson didn't have a single fucking carry. One target, no catches. Uh, this is Travis Etienne's backfield. Travis Etienne was a dude I absolutely loved throughout the summer. Like everything about the practices in the summer were 
incredible how explosive he was and it took so long for him to really break into this lineup and now he's here to stay 14 carries 114 yards and a touchdown Uh, I wish he got a little bit more involved in the passing game but I mean when this dude is just racking up carries he is just a huge play waiting to happen he is so fast he is so explosive as you could see there on the right side he's a dude I want to invest in on a platform like Mojo when you're investing in a player for his career because ETN's still very, very young. And you can see he's fully healthy. This is an offense that you probably want to attach yourself to for the future because they're going in the right direction. They will be for the next few years. Um, you can see his price went up 6.6% just over the last fucking week. He is young. They clearly, like, they're, this coaching staff has no allegiance to James Robinson. And it's and it's showing. Uh, so Travis ETN, man, you got to be really excited about this dude if you have him on your team. He is in every week. RB2 that you're starting with a lot of upside. Good to see a bounce bike for Christian Kirk. He's the only other uh, playable dude in this offense, in my humble-ass opinion, outside of just full PBR leagues. Travis Etienne, GOAT. Uh, Browns, Ravens, Nick Chubb continues to be the GOAT. Mark Cooper, 3 for 74. Uh, The only real takeaway here is David Njoku suffers a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out a few weeks, so that's unfortunate. 7 for 71. This dude was really in the midst of a huge breakout. I actually want to see where he ranks right now in terms of fantasy tight ends. It's got to be it's got to be real high. Yep, tight end 5 right now in half PPR, probably even higher in full PPR cuz he's getting so many damn targets. Tight end 3 right now in full PPR. So you hate to see it cuz he was a he was a very popular breakout pick at the tight end position and now he's gone. Uh Harrison Bryant should be the next guy up. But, uh, you know, it, it's you can't really just plug and play tight ends like the starting tight end takes fucking years to break into a lineup and actually have production. So Harrison Bryant, I think, is, you know, if you're in a tight end premium league or you're, you're really desperate and just kind of want to see how this shakes out. I think he's a dude you can look into because, you know, he's an athletic player. Um, he's a dude that a lot of people have liked for a minute, but he hasn't really done anything in the NFL. Best comparable to Hunter Henry. But, yeah, there's not, like, a ton to to love about him. He was a guy who produced in college, though. You know, you like to see that, at least. Uh, college dominator, 81st percentile. Yards per uh, reception, 69th. Breakout age, very young. So he was a producer on the college football field at a very young age and did it at a pretty high level. So I could see him kind of stepping in because they don't have a ton of targets going around here. But unfortunate. What was very fortunate for me was starting fucking Kenyon Drake in the E-Town get-down lineup. I have not been able to get it right on my RB2 in a single week this year. So Gus Edwards started to practice in full, was left off the injury report, and then we hear a report right before the game time that this dude is running with the starters. And I'm like, all right, maybe they're just like, you know, it's when they trot out the the guys to like do the, the captain handshake and it's like, oh, he's, it's his hometown or it's his previous team or like fucking he got beaten Madden in the locker room so we feel bad for him. Let's fucking trot him out there and let him do the handshake and feel good about himself. That's what I kind of thought this was going to be for Gus taking the starter warm-ups. Um, yeah, it turns out I'm a fucking moron and he's just straight up the starter there and probably the best running back. I'm skeptical about dude just like coming off serious injuries and being plugged right back in like the James Robinsons and the cam. Like these dudes, I feel like sometimes pop and then fall back down. But like with Dobbins out, like this team obviously trusts Gus Edwards. They've been using him significantly for his entire career. 16 for 66 and two touchdowns. Um, so it looks like he's the starter now, but then again, like this shit changes on a weekly basis. Obviously, Gus Edwards is going to be probably the highest targeted waiver wire player this week. You want players on the Ravens offense um, because they need players badly. Lamar, another uh, kind of down game, man. Um, 
nine for 16, 120 yards. Mark Andrews may be way more hampered by the injury coming in than people had let on. Uh, I do. I was listening to a couple podcasts this morning that basically said, um, and Lamar Jackson. I th- Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Things said when he came out in the press conference after the game that the Browns' entire defensive scheme and entire defensive coverage was literally just about clamping down on Mark Andrews. Like Lamar said, he looked Anytime he looked at Mark Andrews, there was not even an ounce of separation or space for the dude to work. So I think it's just a down game. Do teams start to like see what the Cleveland Browns did to take him away and do that? Possibly. We need the Rashad Bateman breakout. Rashad Bateman was bike, led the team with five targets. So I guess that was good to see. We need to see him be consistent throughout. So um, Gus Edwards, big waiver wire pickup. Rashad Bateman, if he was dropped, obviously you're looking at him. But, you know, better days ahead for Mark Andrews, of course. <clears throat> Jets Broncos, ugly game all around. Uh, poor one out for for breezy, for breezy Brees, man. Looks like it was just reported he tore the ACL, which is just so unfortunate because this dude was um, on his way to becoming one of the best backs in the NFL very, very quickly. Um, you know, we're gonna get to the Seahawks in a second, but I feel like maybe it's worth pointing out. I remember when the combine happened and. I just didn't believe the running back 40 times. Do you remember how crazy it was? Like the 40 times that were coming out, everybody was on like Chris Johnson's level. And I'm like, listen, I watched these dudes playing college. Brees Hall ain't no fucking Chris Johnson level speed. He ain't breaking away plays like that. He didn't do it in college, but him, right? Four, three, nine, right? And like, you can leave that up. I'm about to bounce back to Brees Hall in a sec. Like Kenneth Walker, four, three, eight. I'm like, these dudes ain't that fast. Maybe I'm just a moron and maybe they are. Because these dudes are breaking off plays left and right. Like, they're doing it every single week against NFL competition when I feel like they didn't do it in college. Um, So, Brees obviously suffers a torn ACL. His stock drops significantly. The best part about a guy like Brees, though, if you have him in Dynasty, is he's just 21 years old. He came in as uh, a young prospect, right? So, he'll be... Good to go by the start of the season. I think the most likely timetable for a dude like Brees right now is obviously he misses the remainder of the year. Um, He'll probably be ready for week one next year. We could see a similar situation to like Dobbins without this, you know, follow up injury where he'll be ready and they could probably use him quickly. But it might take a minute to really get his legs back under him and get that explosion uh, type play making ability that we saw that we're seeing from him this year. So. Brees is not a guy that I'm I'm going to be like a void. Obviously, there's a million reports between now and then that will kind of dictate how we feel about him. But I, listen, it's an ACL tear. They're obviously becoming a little bit less significant year over year. The technology is getting better. The medicine is getting better. So it's not a big blow outside of owning him this year in redraft, obviously. And Michael Carter becomes, okay, so I said Gus Edwards, but Michael Carter is a guy for me that becomes the number one waiver wire pickup this year because he is, we've already seen Michael Carter produce on an NFL football field, right? We've seen Michael Carter be really, really good. We've seen Michael Carter catch passes, be good on the ground, in between the tackles. He can work on the goal line. So Ty Johnson gets a fucking carry. He'll he'll probably be the backup running back here, but he's not going to get more than three to five touches a game. Michael Carter is the guy that you want to own. Catches a 37-yard pass here, but this is just an instance of what he's going to do. Now that Brees Hall is gone, I mean, we look at Michael Carter down the stretch last year. 
right? To end the year, or just like in general, when he became the guy there, right? Like week seven, over 100 total yards, nine uh, nine targets, eight catches. Week eight, 77 yards on the ground, a touchdown, 14 targets, nine catches, 95 yards. Week nine, we have, I don't know, fucking 85, 90 yards. And then down the stretch, 118 yards on the ground. So, you know, we've seen him play the workhorse role in New York. Ike, you want to change that to Michael Carter or did we did we not do that um box? There we go, my guy. Uh so Michael Carter obviously takes a big increase on Mojo because he becomes the guy for the rest of the year and his production is going to spike up on uh, a long-term investment platform like that. But Michael Carter for me is basically going to be <laughs> I goes I was looking at a trade offer. Why what's a trade offer, right? Why don't we talk about it? Why don't you write it in the comment section and then I can pull it up on the screen. Um, yeah, so Michael Carter is a guy that you have in your lineup week in and week out now. You know, he's a, he's an RB2. If you had him on your bench, you're you know, you're, you're kind of happy about it. Um, Corey Davis gets hurt in this one, I believe. He did something to his knee. I'm not sure how significant it was, but that feels like Garrett Wilson becomes the next guy up. I don't know what the deal is with fucking Elijah Moore at this point. So we might have like random outspurt games of Garrett Wilson. If he's on your wire, you're definitely targeting him right now. Uh, Tyler Conklin might be back in play if you were like a David Njoku owner. Uh, Braxton Barrios could be interesting here, I guess. I remember he had some big games last year with Zach Wilson under center. They're obviously just not letting Zach Wilson throw the ball much. Um, I don't know why you would with Brees Hall, but now that Brees Hall is out, it's possible that um, that he does become the uh, – he does get asked to throw the ball a little bit more. So we might see like a different look out of the New York Jets offense going forward without Brees Hall, of course. So uh, on the Denver side of things, it's nothing good. They let Brett rip and he just ripped his fucking pants in half. Uh, didn't look good on television there. Uh, 24 for 46, 4.9 yards per attempt, zero touchdowns and an interception on the ground. I believe Mike Boone got hurt in this one. So we saw a split between Gordon and Latavius Murray, uh, 11 carries to eight. Latavius Murray was the one who scored the touchdown, but it wasn't good either way. In the receiving side of things, it was good to see Judy. Judy seems to eat whenever Brett Ripien is is the quarterback there, I guess, which is odd. I still don't really trust him, but I guess he is the preferred target over Cortland Sutton here. Uh, Sutton gets nine targets, but only catches three of them. And this is just what you have to kind of expect if Russell Wilson is not one fully healthy, but not the quarterback under center either. You just don't. There was a question in the live stream on Saturday about Sutton, and I was like, listen, if Brett Ripien is a quarterback, usually these backup quarterbacks, the thing that you see drop off in terms of efficiency in an offense is of course the outside the hash mark throws and the deep downfield throws and that's where Cortland Sutton excels so it wasn't difficult to see a down week from a guy like Cortland Sutton especially going against a very very legit New York Jets pass defense right Sauce Gardner is fucking in his bag he's cooking up over there so if you have a receiver going against him it's kind of a downgrade if you have a tiebreaker but it is also uh, it is also good to see Greg Dolchich uh, have another big week here nine targets right he's coming off that kind of like broken play, big touchdown last week. So you saw the box score numbers look good, and you're like, okay, he seems like with Albert O uh, becoming a healthy scratch, Dolchich looks like he's the tight end of the future here for Denver, and then he puts it back together. Six catches, 51 yards. So he is a, a legit guy that you could be streaming at the tight end position in Denver going forward. Next up, Seattle um, just absolutely fucking trounced the Chargers, and I don't know what's going on in L.A. over there, man. But biggest takeaway here, of course, is actually we got two. Kenneth, eh, it's, it's not even a takeaway for Walker. He's just immediately become one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he's a top, uh, he's a top ten fantasy running back for the remainder of the season. I mean, you are there's no question about it. you're starting him every single week. This dude is 
hitting big plays. He's again, like used this before, but he's a fucking ballerina behind the line of scrimmage, his patience, his vision, his cutback ability, his, his ability to like see the offensive line, see the holes, but then also dictate where his feet go based on the second level of like linebackers is, is crazy. He is just a cut above other running backs on the field at this point. DK Metcalf suffers what is appearing to be, uh, a serious injury, I believe. Let me see if we have any updates while I've been streaming. The Jets fear is, yeah, we know that. DK Metcalf is also getting more tests on his knee after an uh, x-ray was negative. All right, so maybe, let's see, eight minutes ago, he had to be carted off the field. Best case, MCL sprain or bone bruise, which I believe would be like a two to four week timetable return worst case acl tear so i think like the reason we got to talk about this obviously is tyler lockett gets a boost up in um probably just overall forced targets but marquis goodwin came in caught four balls 67 yards two touchdowns we know what marquis goodwin in is he is like a downfield he's so fucking fast he's, he's the fastest man alive he's one of the fastest men alive um but we also know that marquis goodwin's like 30 years old and he's never really put it together um so you can see the metcalf that, that's a big drop off for Metcalf, man. If this feels like a really good time to buy, this feels like I'm actually about to get on this app right now and fucking buy. Because if this ends up being the x-rays came back negative, if this ends up being like a bone bruise or some shit, you're getting one of the best young wide receivers at a 10% discount on a long-term investment. That's fucking phenomenal right now. By the end of this fucking video, I'm sure they'll be confirmed. He tears his ACL. Um, torn tendon, DK, DK, no surgery. Are we just fucking throwing out random things right now? Are we just saying things that are, aren't real? He tore his tendon. I feel like that's not, I feel like that's a lie. Knee considered week to week. He hurt his patellar. That doesn't mean a torn tendon. I don't believe. This will come down to how severe the pain is. He'll try to gut it through, but ultimately he might need some time to heal up. All right, so it's generally positive news, which means an investment in him, I feel like, is a pretty good fucking move right now. I'm not I'm not putting anything significant into Marquise Goodwin on the waiver wire. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not buying into this bullshit. Will Disley, though, could get a bump if, um, if Metcalf misses time. On the flip side of things, man, I got to tell you, as someone who has Justin Herbert in many, many super flex leagues this year, he is really just uh, not getting it done for me, man. It's been disappointing, but Austin Eckler is fully bounced bike and is just an absolute savage. Um, Mike Williams, the bigger takeaway here. Keenan Allen was still very, very hampered by his hamstring injury. Clearly, he's only playing a handful of snaps there. But Mike Williams suffers a somewhat significant ankle injury at the end of the game after a big game, nine targets, seven catches, 86 yards, and touchdown. Having a monster year, man, it sucks. End of the game, they do have a bye next week. But I do think, um, listen, I'm only technically a doctor, right? <laughs> you can't root now. Um, that was funny. That was, that was a good little chuckle. I like when you guys make me laugh in the middle because it reminds me that I'm a fucking human being and I need to breathe sometimes because I'd just be ripping through this shit. Whoo, buddy. I don't. Um, yes, so he gets hurt, and I'm worried that it's a high ankle sprain, and I'm worried that this is going to be like a, a month type of recovery. So the bye week, the bye week ain't saving nobody. Bye week saves no man. I've, I've realized that. The bye weeks are so fucking overrated. It's so stupid. Just get rid of them. No bye weeks. I said we play 20 games in a season. 
no bye weeks. Who says no? Not me. Not me. Um, hmm. Eckler, God. Everett, big game. Also good to see. Obviously, hopefully Keenan Allen's, you know, Keenan should be close to 100% coming back from the bye week now, and he should be full steam ahead. So if you've held out with him for this long, congrats, because you probably got an absolute stud on your hands. Uh, speaking of studs, Damian Pierce, another fucking 24 touches in this one. Doesn't do much of them. Does catch four passes, though. Uh, on the Houston side of things, they're like really – there's not a single takeaway I can give to you that's – uh, exciting or or sexy for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is about as sexy as they come this year. He's got to be the the overall uh, RB one in fantasy this year. Nope, not even close. Sick. He is the RB four. We have Eckler. Wow, Eckler really has gone nuts the last couple of weeks, huh? We have Eckler. We have Chubb. We have Saquon. We have Josh Jacobs. Uh, so Josh Jacobs is the RB four right now. He's just getting so much work, and he's getting involved in the passing game a little bit, which is good to see. Devontae Adams, 8 for 95. He's not really scoring the touchdowns, which is unfortunate in a game where the Raiders score 38 points. But Jacobs gets in three times, so obviously you just continue to play him as a high-end RB1. Devontae Adams, same thing as a wide receiver one. Uh, Renfro's, like, I guess playable while Waller's out. Same thing with Matt Collins if you're, like, super desperate. Um, I thought Moreau was going to have a little bit of a bigger day because he's an athletic guy that can fill in, you know, when Waller's out. But hopefully Waller gets back soon. Otherwise, like, it's really hard to trust anybody else in this offense besides Jacobs and Adams at this point. Chiefs, Niners. This one got out of hand real fucking quick. Like I said last week, I just think every single player on the Chiefs is a sell high, except for Kelsey, every single week. So, like, MVS, big game, Juju, back-to-back big games. I would definitely look to sell him if I could for a premium price right now. Um, Pacheco was supposed to – I mean, he did get the start, but he didn't – fucking do much with it eight carries 43 yards uh didn't even catch a pass in a game where Mahomes threw the ball 36 times 34 times whatever um but yeah Clyde gets in for the touchdown so he just continues to do what he's been doing all season and that's not do a whole fucking lot but you know roll his way into the end zone uh I I would like still put Clyde into my flex spot because he keeps having this touchdown upside on a week-to-week basis but it's not something I feel comfortable about. Pacheco's obviously unstartable. Same thing with a, a dude like Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Juju's obviously very, very startable. You know, when you're attaching yourself to Mahomes, you want to do that. I just feel like more often than not, you're going to get a lot of dud games out of him going forward, like we saw in the beginning of the year. So, again, he's he's definitely a sell-high candidate for me. On the flip side, we saw Christian McCaffrey get his first game in. I think, he's, I think he played about 20 snaps in this one, so not a significant – um, portion of the snaps, but he did out carry Jeff Wilson eight to seven. Wilson's just a good player. He should probably still continue to get involved a little bit, but I, I Mac is probably going to be near an 80% snap guy by like next week. You know, we heard all the reports about him absolutely just digging into the playbook immediately. He was uh, practicing twice a day. As soon as he got to San Francisco, this dude wants to get on the field and wants to get onto the field fucking ASAP. Um, they get the Rams next week and then they get their buy. So maybe not a full-time player that week, but you can rest assured after the buy, it is all CMAC going forward. Um, Elijah Mitchell might be back by that time, but I don't think that fucking matters at this point at all. Then when we talk about the receivers, same thing, Kittle has big games, Ayuk has big games. Debo seems to just be getting the short end of the stick. So that's kind of unfortunate. He's a good enough player. We'll have his weeks, but like, this is what a Jimmy G offense is probably going to look like you just never really know what you're going to get out of the weapons they have so many weapons that they use like this is crazy ray ray mcleod getting his kyle use check Jawan jennings they just have so many players that are just so unique they're just quick 
They're agile. They're versatile. And you just get the ball in all of their hands. And they still get absolutely fucking slacked by the Chiefs. Love to see it. And the Sunday night football game. Terrible game. Such a bad game. Kenny Pickett really not playing well. Um, another three interceptions in, the, in this one. Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens, as we've seen basically for most of the picket action, uh, those two seem to be like the guys who are actually producing here and getting a, 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 a nice amount of volume. So Fryermuth gets nine targets, catches eight of them for 75. Pickens is the one who gets in the end zone. All six of his targets were caught for 61 yards. Let's, uh, let's bring up the snap counts here because I saw Deontay got 10 targets. Chase Claypool got eight targets, but neither of them really did anything with them. I want to see how the um, – Snaps play themselves out. Nope, that's not what we're doing. So Deontay Johnson ran 47 routes. Pickens actually had 45 routes. Interesting. Claypool at 42. So I guess you could technically say Pickens is running more routes than Chase Claypool is. Frymouth down at 37. Najee Harris at 26 over Warren's 10. Um, so Pickens feels like a guy that you can continuously start. I think I had him ranked at like wide receiver 24, 25 this week. So I had him pretty high. So if you played him, you know, you're obviously super happy with, with the outcome of it. Cause he got into the end zone. Um, and now he's running a few more routes than chase Claypool. I could, I could see this being a theme going forward, uh, on the flip side of things, there wasn't much takeaway, uh, to his bite Raheem Moser continues to be the guy in that backfield. Um, he even caught a touchdown in this one. So a big game for Moser Waddle and Hill, both. I mean, relatively disappointing on the box score, but like four for 88, seven for 72 in PPR leagues, you're looking good. Half PPR are looking pretty good too. Neither of them scored a touchdown, but they're both like must start top 15 guys every single week as long as Tua is under Centel. I believe that's all the games, right? Um, and then we got the Monday Night Football game, Bears versus Patriots. I guess uh, what I'm looking to in this game, I want to see the Patriots offense. Is Ramondre the guy there now? Like with Damian Harris coming back from the injury, uh, clearly not as significant as they initially said it was. I want to see if he's still the guy. I want to see if Tyquan Thornton gets more involved in the offense. And on the Bears side of things, I'm not looking at a goddamn thing. They fucking stink. I don't want to watch them. This might be one of the worst games all year. This is horrible. That's crazy. I feel like the Bears get an eight, though. I feel, I feel like that's too many points for them to be getting in, in, a, in an over-under game of 40. That feels like a very large spread. Um. But my favorite prize picks plays. Let's actually look at the prize picks plays for this week, for uh, for tonight. I already said I really like the Ramondre two receptions because again, it's just a push if he doesn't get two receptions. So I kind of like the the two running backs here, David and Ramondre, just more and more. I don't even hate Dante Dante Pettis at one point five. He's just weirdly getting too involved. Let's see it. What else we got? Rushing yards. They got Damian Harris all the way up at 50 and a half. They really expect him to be involved, huh? Yeah, I'd probably stick to the running back receptions. I kind of I like these lines a lot. All right, y'all. Uh, that's gonna wrap up this Monday's stream. How we doing out there? <laughs> I couldn't. I knew you were going to throw that fucking trade up on the screen. Trade up for Mondre for Lockett and Bateman. I have the Mondre side. Uh, 
I think I would probably stay with Ramondre just because he has like actual league winning upside. And I don't think anyone in that trade besides him really has that much upside. Um, I think you're going to get a lot of consist- inconsistency out of Bateman and Lockett going forward. So I, I, I think I would probably roll with Ramondre. I can't wait for Damian Harris to get 18 carries for 98 yards and two touchdowns tonight, though. Nick, how do you feel about shawarma? You mean like the food? I fuck with it. I get it every once in a while. It's definitely a good like 2 a.m. food when nothing else is open. And they just got like a halal cart fucking chilling. Hell yeah. And they, you mean like when, when they like roast that shit around, right? And then they take a machete and they're like, yeah, yeah. They'd be fucking, it's like a dance move. Someone, how is there not like a shawarma TikTok trend already? Stay cute, Perk. Jay Gal was good, baby. I was like, who the fuck's calling me Perk out here? Uh, need 30 from somewhere. <laughs> He's for sure getting that, dude. BDG Monday. It's fuck yeah. Yeah, we're doing this every single Monday. And then tomorrow's video, we will have the... Uh, it'll be a quick waiver wire video, and our waiver wire rankings will be out uh, probably 11 a.m. noon tomorrow. Um, it's got fab guidance, how much you should drop on them, whether or not you should hit the um, number one waiver wire on them. Uh, that's all available to the Big Dog members on BG.C. Nick Urcolano for Eddie Lacey. I'll whip that motherfucker. He don't want to pull up to the, to the HQ. He don't want to pull up to the stew. I've been watching your videos for a while. First time catching a live stream. Yeah, guys, we got to put notifications on. We got to put the noties on so that when we drop the nuts, you get a notie. You got to hit the live streams. You got to be quick with it. You got to have itchy fingers. Is it time to drop Dobbs and Garrett Wilson? So those are two guys that like obviously extremely disappointing, but given the injuries to both Lazard and Corey Davis and Elijah Moore situation, I'm probably going to hold on. I'm going to try to hold on to both of those dudes because uh, if those if those counterparts miss significant time, they kind of get funneled a lot of targets here. Do you know? Who you have ranked higher, Ramondre or Walker? Uh, ooh. Man, I, I think you got to take Walker at this point for sure. Walker, like, I mean, this dude is doing everything right now. 170 yards, two touchdowns. Like, he's got no competition for carries. The offense is obviously better than we thought it was, or he's making it better than we thought it was. Um, love Ramondre, too. I just don't you know. How much can you really trust this backfield going forward? Is it going to be Ramondre 70% of the touches? I would be I'd be pretty surprised with Harris there. Harris is a good player. Listen, we all like Ramondre because we like the upside that he has for fantasy. But, like, Damian Harris as a running back is a very good player. So I, there's no way the Patriots are just like, we're not giving him the ball anymore. So rest of season, give me Walker there for sure. There's not a lot of dudes I would take over Walker rest of season, I don't think. How many Percocets during the NFL season? Not enough, my guy. Not enough. I'm kidding, by the way. Unless. Thoughts on Pittman full PPR, rest of season. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, he's just going to continue to go in your lineup as a high end wide receiver, too. I think he'll have his games, his good games, his bad games. Um, We saw a good game last week, saw a bad game this week. Not even like a terrible game, but you're full PPR. So you'll, you'll keep getting like a minimum of 12 points out of him, I think. All right, we're going to hop out of here. 
Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with me on this beautiful, actually terrible Monday morning. I feel like shit. Go hit prize picks. Go hit that line, please. All right, go hit that Ramondre two reception line. Go make yourself some money. Oh, hell yeah, Ike baby. Look at that. Look at it. It's beautiful. Go use promo code BDGE when you hit it for the first time, and they're going to they're gonna match you with a 100% deposit match. All those yellow states are the ones that prize picks can be played in. Damn, I tell you what, we're letting up a lot of opportunity here. I didn't realize how many states we weren't in. That sucks. I hope I hope they open it up in your guys' states out there, in, in NJ, Connecticut. Even the good people of Ohio, I feel like, deserve to play prize picks. Barely, barely, but but I want you to get on the platform. All right, make sure you hit the uh, thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. We do this every Monday, and I'll see you all tomorrow. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.